Welcome to Observed. I'm Carl. In this episode, I have a real good chat with my longest standing friend, Faye. We went up a hill in Hereford and discussed consumer culture, digital addiction, and how to respond to that with community solutions and human connection. Hope you enjoy our conversation and I'll see you on the other side. Hi Faye. Hi Carl. How are you doing? I'm alright, thanks. Cracking. Thanks for taking part in my little observed podcast project. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And I always appreciate you and your family's welcoming um, me to your home out here in Herefordshire. I would, maybe the, uh, the listeners would like to know where we're actually stood at the moment. We're stood in a greenhouse. It's uh, probably about half an acre, maybe. Yeah. Pretty large, it's quite a large greenhouse, bigger yeah. than you know most people's greenhouses, and it's full of all the produce that we grow on the farm for our personal use. And it's just for personal use, just is for it? Personal use, yeah. That's pretty cool. You, and yeah. you primarily manage this, don't you? Yeah. Between you and the farm owner. Yeah. Mar- Martin tells me what to do, and I, I do it. I look after it. It's my baby. <laughs> and this is, um, would you say this is one of your favourite things to do? Oh, I love it. I love mm. it. I come down in an evening just to you know, talk to my plants, say hello, water them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. I mean, I think it's, uh, I, o- I often joke with you when we're talking on the phone and stuff about um, if the world starts to end, I'm just going to come and find you guys. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm definitely prepared for, yeah. the, for the end of things. You know. Well, I can I can identify that because in the spare room that you let me sleep in, it's it's kind of um, a bit of a doomsday prepper. It's like I'm in a bunk bed, and underneath it is like bags. Of, well, too maybe too much um, tonic water. Don't know what that's for. <laughs> Everyone uh, needs tonic water. Yes, um, depending on the levels of gin that you're drinking, <laughs> as we identified last night over a game of mon- Munchkin. Um, <laughs> And bit like loads of bags of um, rice and all sorts of stuff. So it's rice, a, chickpeas, lentils, flour. I just, I mean, I, I stand back in kind of awe with that because I mean, I living in the city, I just, um, it's easy to fall. It's a lot easier for me to fall into that consumer world. But you've really managed to avoid that in a lot of ways, haven't I do. you? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like consumerism. No. No. Not for me. No. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. Clearly, we, we're starting to see it more and more now where it's becoming a bit of a form of control over people. Yeah. Yeah, but um, we can have a chat about that in a minute because we're walking somewhere else in a minute, aren't we? We're off up to, to Tynings to have a little sit in the, the well, it's going to be a wildflower meadow. Oh, that's nice. That'll be nice. It's just somewhere nice to look. But um, yeah, I thought it would be just nice to kind of start off the podcast looking at all this lovely green veg. Beautiful, isn't it? And check yeah. out the size of the watermelon. That's a massive watermelon. <laughs> that's just, um, that's like on steroids. What's that about? <laughs> it dislikes the greenhouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's take a little wander and yeah. we'll head up and we'll be back soon. Okie dokie. Well, Faye, we've made it to a top of a field then. We have indeed, yeah. Yeah, so what's the name of this field again? Where are we? This is Tynings. 
Right, okay, and uh, could you explain to our listeners what we're just lo- purveying over at the moment, what we're seeing? Well, we're looking down at farmland and the River Wye, and then across on the other side of the River Wye is forests, trees, lots of trees, many, mm. many trees, some cows. Yeah, there's some moo cows, <laughs> yeah. see a house over there somewhere. Oh yeah? Yeah. Okay, and it's, a, it's a fair view that we're looking over at the moment. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, especially with the river, and I'm, I'm noticing just down at the bottom there, there's some old pillars that um, used to be the old railway, the old railway bridge. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, um, yeah, and it's just so quiet and still. Um, we were just kind of noticing the stillness kind of makes everything a bit more alive, and it's, I just clocked somebody um, walking their dogs and it's just it's amazing how your eyes are just immediately drawn to something that isn't part of the environment <laughs> yeah. isn't it you know it's, yeah. and that really i think that comes from our own human survival instincts really, yeah. doesn't it you yeah. know so it's uh, something out of the ordinary isn't it yeah and of course i always talk about um our peripheral vision is the one that can save our lives because yeah. it's the one that picks things up quicker and it helps us put brakes on our cars when something jumps out in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, very interesting. Oh, it's so still up here. Um, <laughs> it, it's, because I'm a city dweller, it, it kind of, it takes me a while to... To acclimatise. To, to acclimatise this kind of thing. And, you know, I mean, and you've seen me when I've visited before when I start getting a bit itchy. Yeah. I'm like, I need to go back to the city, I need concrete. <laughs> it's like... Kind of like Linus from um, Charlie Brown with his little blanket. blanket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't put it down. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there. I mean, if you look hard enough, you might find some concrete, but it's really far away. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it's, I'm looking at those pillars where the yeah. bridge used to be, those yeah. brick pillars, and there's yeah. a little house behind it. There is, yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it's derelict. Was it? Yeah, it's derelict. It's uh, because it's so close to the river, and the river floods every year now. Um, ah. It, it floods every year, so the fishermen use it uh, as a, a shelter. Like know, a fishing hut, yeah. Yeah, but it's... It, yeah. It's it's not, you can't live in it. No. You'd have to put it on stilts if you wanted to live in it. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think the last time I visited, it was yeah, it was Christmas time, wasn't it? And yeah. it was like, you might have to come up the high road because, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the low road's a lake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, well, it yeah. does, it floods all the way up over those fields and up onto the road. <laughs> Oh man. We, we we come down and we float boats on the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Cool. So so we were gonna you, you sent me some stuff, didn't you? I did. In respect yeah. to having a chat. Yeah. Um on the old podcast. Um and one of the things that um really kind of piqued my interest what you spoke about. Yeah. Was um digitalism. And it's it's funny that we're gonna be mm. talking about digitalism in such a natural <laughs> environment. But I think I think this juxtaposition does us serves us well. Yeah. You know, because yeah. maybe we can talk about it with less judgment and frustration. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I can be judgmental. Can't we all? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, every, and that's the thing. It's like we would just like everything to be a bit better, wouldn't we? Well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you couldn't make this better, could you? No, this can't. That we're what we're looking at now cannot be improved. I would say. No. Yeah. So, so what's your um mean? kind of thing about how digital world has happened over the past few years or 
Well, everything, everything's, everything's a screen, isn't it? If you want to do something, you have to have a screen. Yep. If you want to charge your smart car, not what are they called, electric cars, you have to have a phone, you have to have an app. If I want to book swimming lessons for my son, I have to do it through an app. Hmm. You need an app for everything, and I don't. I want to speak to a human. If I want to do something, I want to speak to a human. If I order coffee, I don't want to do it through a machine. I want to go to a queue, talk to a person, and order a coffee. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't want to poke at a screen. Hmm. I want. I want some human contact, and all of the digitalization that I'm seeing at the moment seems to be removing physical human contact and replacing it with your screen your phone so for everything nowadays you have to take your phone out of your pocket and look at it so instead of me looking at you mm. and saying i'd like a soya latte please i have to go to the screen you're there i can see you but i have to go to the screen and i have to poke it in i pay i go and sit down at my table you come and give it to me and walk off mm. i don't I, I there's part of that that I find, especially that consumer service thing in buildings where you have to do stuff through an app and somebody comes to get you. And I was I was like this before when it's when I've been abroad to Spain. Yeah. And it's a service culture there. Yeah. Order something and then wait for somebody to get bring it to you. Yeah. That I don't for me it's, I've still not got my head around it and it's like where's 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 my drink where's my meal. <laughs> It's like, if I was at the bar and I, somebody nodded their head, yes, we've done it for you, Mr. Yeah. Durant. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I can deal with that. Yeah. But I've put it into some sort of black digital yeah. hole. This, yeah. And now I have to have faith in this algorithm that to, tell the, right, to tell the person that's three metres away from me yeah. that I want a coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I'm afraid I don't trust technology because it goes wrong so often. Mm. So if you do sit there and you've been there for like 10 minutes, then do you start thinking... Did I do it right? And then do you try doing it again? Then do you end up with three coffees instead of the one that you wanted? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I had it the other day. Um, there was a few of us at a local pub that would only allow application yeah. on your phone, yeah. which drove me up. There was like, I think, fifteen people had rocked up, but everybody was coming at different times. Yeah. And so I rocked up, and the first thing I had to do was like, "Hello, everybody!" And I couldn't sit down and have a conversation. It's like, is it app only? Yes. So therefore, I had to. Yeah. Download the app. Yeah. Type in my details. Yeah. Um, and then order my thing. Yeah. That's ten minutes I've just had. Yeah. I've come out to meet people for a beer, but I've spent ten minutes. Yeah. Faffing staring about. Staring at your phone and poking at it like a monkey. <laughs> I mean, that's. that's st- <laughs> I, I hate it. If you're going to go to the pub to see your friends, you want to sit down, you want to talk to your friends. You don't all want to sit around a table and you're not there because you're staring at your phone trying to work out, well, for me, trying to work out how to download the app and then realising that actually your phone won't allow you to download the app and then trying to work out how on earth you're supposed to order a drink if you can't have the app. Mm. (laughs) The The thing that happened to us the other night was somebody ordered a drink and it was taking ages. I, I thought, I'll, I'll go, by this point I'd had a few drinks, so I was yeah. feeling a bit brave. So it's all right, I'll go to the bar and ask him what's going on with your order. And I went to the bar and I was, you know, no disrespect to the barmaids there, because clearly they were very, very busy with all these orders coming in, and they're going to get things wrong, and that's allowed, you know, yeah. people yeah, are only yeah. human. Yeah. But it was when I walked, and I went, oh, one of our orders, is, and the, the look that they gave me was like, you've got two heads. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get, I know you're busy, but, you know, we, it was like half an hour we've been waiting. Yeah. And it was like, oh, we'll have to, and one of them said, 
I'll have to get my manager. And I'm like, and that's another thing I've noticed, you know, with um, technology. Yeah. You know, it's it puts people in a box. And if people yeah. are young and inexperienced, thinking laterally is not what the, the system tells them to do. Yeah. Um, so it's like they have to kind of delegate it to higher authority. Yeah. To, to look into something and which which of course doesn't bode well for the consumer experience in my view no you know it's uh, and i mean we're having a bit of a joke about the consumerism side of all this um but you know in my work um i work with the welfare benefits yeah, yeah. Um, and i was speaking with somebody yesterday about it and the whole back in when i started this work i used to work with people that would give me a big bag of brown envelopes that they never opened <laughs> You know, and it's like, I can't be doing with all the DWP and all the, yeah, the yeah. benefit stuff. And it's like, I'm just too stressed out about it all. I don't open my letters. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But that's why I've come and seen you. Can you help me? And it's like, yeah, I can pick up a letter. I can shake off the dust and yeah. question the stains that are on it. Yeah. Um, but I will then have a read of it and see where we're at. Yeah. But where we've got now with our digital world is um, people now are scared to access an encrypted web portal yeah um that is the primary source of income yeah um a lot of the cases that we might find in my work is somebody that is not good with technology yeah. has kind of health barriers yeah. you know that prevent them dealing with things the money stops because they've they got a, an email to an email account that they don't have access to yeah. to tell them to tick a box and the only time that they realise that 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 their benefits have stopped is when they go to the bank on the the yeah. payday and there's no there's money, there. yeah. and they don't know who to ask. Yeah. And that and so, if somebody turns around to me and says, "Well, you know, people get benefits," it's like that's that's the basic problem that we've got now. I mean, yeah. back in the old days when it was paper based and all that kind of stuff, somebody would get a letter, and at worst they would down to the job centre and say, well, my letter doesn't, yeah. I don't understand my letter, otherwise <laughs> my money stops, you know, at worst. And But now we've just got, and of course you've also got the call centres that we have to get through. It's, yep. Yes, it, I mean, I, I don't see it changing. No, and, and the call centres are also impossible at the moment because you've got less people in the call centre, more people trying to call mm. them. So waiting times are ridiculous anyway. So most of the people you're talking about are not going to spend up to an hour on the phone, mm. waiting, oh, definitely. listening to a bot. Well, I mean, <laughs> one of the techniques that I have now, because we have um, we have smartphones for my job, and it's, uh, so I will ring a client up and say, I'm going to call you in about an hour, are you going to be around, because I'll have universal credit on the phone for you. Um, and they'll go, yeah, and I goes, we need to sort it out. Uh, so I will then ring Universal Credit and I will do another piece of work for yeah. an hour on front of my computer. While you're sat listening to the Muzak. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody will come through and I'll say, I just have to conference call my client on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and we get through it. Yeah. We get through it. But what I, I don't enjoy about that, because back in the old days again, um, if I was visiting people at home and doing that thing, yeah. uh, an individual would be able to watch me have a phone call with someone yeah. and how I speak to them because most people are sit, they'll say oh, I'm scared of using the phone yeah. you're not scared of using the phone you're scared of what might blindside you on the phone call yeah. Yeah. but if they see the structure that I have with how I'm doing it the next time I go and visit them I can say 
right, I've rung the number, you just give them your national insurance number, your name, you know, and tell them what the issue is. And if you start to worry, give the phone back to me. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot, that's a bit more difficult on a conference call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is a, a lot more difficult on a conference call because in a lot of ways it pr promotes me to own it more. Yeah. Rather than the individual finding their, their own way through it. You know, yeah. it's, uh, and if we can't give people the opportunity and guidance to explore with somebody well, yeah they can't engage with it in the same way can no because they? They'll, they'll just say well next time i if my benefits fall apart again i just have to find somebody to do it for, for me for you yeah yeah and it's, yeah. it's really well, different it's, it's not it's not consumer friendly is it mm. yeah, and yeah. That's, yeah and you know i think with our, our digital world now it's constantly being cajoled into looking into our phone you are you're everything everything is is to do is now to do with your phone absolutely everything and i find myself railing against it because i don't want to spend my entire time on my phone mm. like i said earlier if i want to book swimming lessons i go into the leisure center and i want to book them and they say you've got to download the app why can't i just book them with a human yeah they, they must have the calendar there yeah, they must have it and they are there they have the system <laughs> Why do I have to try and... And I did say I can't download the app. And they said, oh, well, you might be able to do it online. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's really frustrating. I might sound like an old lady, you know, all back in the day. Back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> but I just want to be able to talk to a human. Yeah. And, and sort something out with a human. Mm. And not have to... I mean, you know me. I'm not great with technology. I, I get things wrong all the time with technology. I, uh, don't put yourself down too much. I think sometimes technology isn't great with you. Well, no, I mean, to be fair, that is true. So, <laughs> I, like, with my partner, I'll, I'll, I'll do something and it won't work for me on the computer and I'll go, right, it, it won't work. And, and he'll come in and he'll look at it and I'll do it while he's there going, look, it's not working. And it doesn't work while I'm doing it. Mm. He sits down. It works fine for him. <laughs> I have that... Um it's like back in the days when there was a lot of us working in the office because I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I kind of, I quite like the technology stuff. Yeah. Somebody's, oh, Carl, there's something going on with my thing. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll come and have a look. And I'll just walk behind them and I'll go, so what's up? And it's like, when I click here, that oh, that does happen now. <laughs> so, see, I just, I, I just walk past. It's like, yeah. you know, just wave Use my hand, wave my hand over it. Yeah. These are not the droids you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just think technology knows that I'm not keen on it. And it behaves accordingly. I mean, I think one thing we have to bear in mind is it has taken that turn. And I mean, you know, you look at movies like The Social Dilemma yeah. and that kind of stuff, that that demonstrates the direction it goes in. Yeah. And that's got a lot of big um, social media kind of bods who have now left that sphere. Yeah. I mean, there was one, I think it's the guy that, I can't remember his name, but the guy that invented the like button at the end of that film was saying, oh. it's like, I don't let my kids have a tablet. Yeah. Well, the, the big, the big um, computer boards—they don't let their kids have smartphones or mm. use all the, the screens and the gaming and all that. The people who actually create it yeah, don't I mean, allow their children to use it. And I think, in a lot of ways, I mean, you know, things like Google, Facebook, Twitter—none of those things were created for what they've turned into. No, no. But that's what they've turned into because the way humans want to use yep. them, you yep. know, and you know, you can't. I think if you looked upon it as some sort of big malevolence, mm. you know, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's, I think there is potential malevolence there. I mean, when you kind of interlock things like big tech, politics, 
and Big Pharma. Yeah. There's certainly an interlock there. There is. There's certainly yeah. an interlock there. Um, and you have to, I think you have to have a critical thinking mind when you're looking at all that. We can't see it's all complete benevolence for humankind. No, <laughs> it's not been done for our good. At least I don't feel like it has. Well, I, I, th and I think it's I think because technology is, is outpaced humankind. And so humankind think we have to try, it's kind of like they're running to keep up, to with, keep up with it. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's kind of getting away from us and it's, uh, but I think, I think uh, there's two people that I would always recommend and I will put this in the show notes and there's a guy called Tristan Harris um, and he is the, the founder of the Centre of Humane Technology. Oh, right. And his podcast, Undivided Attention, is amazing. He has some really clever guys on there. And they talk about, there was one I heard the other day where they said the Facebook algorithms that kind of use, they use for advertising. Yeah. You imagine if you use that for educational purposes. Yeah. If you actually, if you had a system that knew what you could learn easiest from. Yeah. You know, and, and what you were interested in. And it would just help you learn. Yeah. You know, in those, I mean, I wouldn't know how to kind of technically build that kind of IT structure, but it's what an idea. So tailored to your interests. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think it, we can. There was a joke years back I remember hearing on um, Have I Got News for You when um, Pokemon was a big thing for kids, you know, the card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was uh, Ian Hislop said, It's like, wouldn't it be good if we could have medieval history cards rather than kids know how, how a, a Pokemon can evolve into a certain yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. But imagine if we'd use the same system to educate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to yeah, if they actually had this little thing became this thing became <laughs> this thing rather than, yeah, yeah. What, what's it called? The, the yellow thing. Pikachu. Pikachu. Thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you've got Tristan Harris, and he was the primary guy who was on The Social Dilemma. And there's a guy that I heard him interview called Carl Newport. He's pretty sharp. Um, he, he, one of his latest books is all about not using email. Oh, And right. he does consultancies with big organisations on how to stop that kind of constant email chatter that, yeah. that basically most people are paid to deal with now, you know, yeah. especially in office world. You know, it's, um, it's just constant to and fro with email, but he kind of utilises kind of case management systems so people can set up projects and actually physically meet each other. It might have to be a video meet for 15 minutes, but it helps people focus in yeah. and actually have a conversation and engage themselves around actually being involved with people. Yeah. Because, I mean, one of the things I find in my work, which I don't like, because, um, you know, I think managing dyslexia for a long time is okay. But when it becomes the primary mean of communication, when you're constantly reading and seeing yeah. text all the time, yeah. it's so tiring. Yeah, it is. It's really tiring. And you know, by half past four in the day, I'm like, oh. Yeah. So it's, it's like, so I'm, I mean, even I'm at work now, I'm kind of egging on with my management team to develop our Microsoft Teams thing a bit better. So when, yeah. So we've got, okay, we might not all be coming into the office, but at least we've now got, we can create processes in place to kind of physically see each other, yeah, have, a, each other. have a conversation yeah. and even at the end of the focus conversation how's your day getting on yeah you know how's the yeah. farm actually having some physical contact with people yeah and rather than just this is what I want this is the information here we are and this yeah. is what we need to do we need to be productive no you know you become productive by connection yeah you know I think that's the key thing I mean I think 
One of the things with technology though, and I think we've certainly seen it over the past couple of years, and we touched on it a minute ago, is um, the polarisation that we see um, and being caused by suppression of information. Yeah. You know, and I think you've seen that, I've seen that, especially yeah. with the COVID-19 thing. Yeah. And that's, and, and that, what that does, it's like if people have been living in their phones and yeah. reading the same thing from the same Amazing. services, that keep them in their little in their echo chambers. Yeah. I think it's very hard, and you know, I'm guilty as well of my echo chambers, because yeah, our, yeah. our echo chambers keep help us feel like we're kind of we're, oh, we're, we stick to our yeah. what we know, don't we? Yeah, and it helps us feel about. I'm I must be normal because you know there's other people that think the same as me. You know, it's yeah. like it's fine. It's like but then, but I think because these polarizations are happening, you know, it's like I think one of the things you put in your uh, preamble to me was about. How doctors are just getting suppressed. Yes, yes. You know, and, and, and how that, I mean, if I was a doctor and I had all that knowledge and I was trying to impart that knowledge to the general public for their safety and for their well being, and everything I'm saying is just being completely ignored and in many cases taken off the internet so people can't see it, I can imagine I would feel powerless, miserable, mm. you know, depressed. I just I, I can't imagine, mm, you know. I, I mean, I've seen it as well where there's lots of, I mean, there's even ad hominem attacks on people. Yeah. You know, they're, they're having a personal go at somebody trying to slur them. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, they're talking rubbish. And, and it's like, and I'm not, you know, with our conversation now, I'm not going to get into which side of the, the no. conversation's right or wrong. No. But I think we have to establish that kind of connection that, you know, things need to be had. Yeah. And, you know, let's, Kind of take out a moment to say, well, you know, there's there's all these people saying this and getting told not to be allowed. They're not allowed on the internet. Yeah. There's an awful lot of people being told they're not allowed to be on the internet, yeah. and and they all can't be mental. No. What, <laughs> you, know, you know, they all can't be. You know. What, what happened to free speech? You know, surely we should be able to hear all sides of the story and make our own minds up. Mm. We've managed to do that before mm. with many things. Why now are we? having information taken away from us and being steered very clearly towards another path of information. Why why now? Yeah, I, I, mean, I totally agree. It's I mean why now? I mean and again we can we can maybe speculate, you know, you can speculate the fact that if you think politics, big tech and pharma are doing everything for the, the purpose of humanity's safety mm. and growth, mm -hmm. um, then you, you may be reading too much of the, of the wrong narrative. <laughs> you know, a bit of critical thinking you know, never goes amiss. No, it doesn't. And, and, like and, and, and with critical thinking, you're not saying you're right. No, and, and that's the thing. And, and like, like you said, we don't have to look at who's right and who's wrong because that's divisive. You, you can allow someone else to have their own opinion about something. So we don't have to agree. No. You can have your opinion. I can have my opinion. We can talk about that. If it becomes too difficult for us to talk about, we can say, well, actually, do you know what? I've got my opinion. You've got your opinion. Let's let's agree to disagree. Yeah, let's pop that to one side yeah. and, and see what humanity is behind it. Yeah, we can still be friends. Yeah. And we don't have to throw insults at each other mm. and, and be aggressive with each other because our opinions are different. Yeah, and, and I think that's the best way to kind of build that kind of connection again. Um, but it's, I do find it, I mean, I, I've no, one of the things I did do 
a few months back um, was Twitter, which um, is just crazy. I only look at cats on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So I did a couple. Of, I did a couple of columns. I did a like a. I can't remember the hashtag I used. I think, yeah, I think hashtag save the NHS, and hashtag anti-vax. Right. And looking at the kind of argument between the two sides and yeah. all that kind of stuff, and the venom. Yeah. And the anger. Yeah, it's really, really it, bad. It's really bad. But there was a, a really good analogy that somebody I heard once. He said, talked about Twitter and what Twitter actually is. So it's like if you, if I woke you up in the morning, and yeah. then, get up, get up, and you're like, oh, like, get up, and I, and I went, what do you think about the state of Afghanistan now? And you're like, oh god, <laughs> you know, it's like, and, oh, god. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to wake up to that, you know. But that's what Twitter is. Yeah. People open their eyes, they see some sort of political thing that they feel that they have to have an opinion on. Mm. They they see something they have to have an opinion on, and they're half asleep. Yeah. They may be going to a job that they don't really want to go to. Yeah. There could be all sorts of things going on in their life. They're just really grumpy and horrible. Yeah. But, you know, they're sat on the toilet, <laughs> which yeah. is where most of it happens. What a place to have a conversation with the universe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, and, you know, they just, that opinion goes out. Yeah. You and know, and it's, there's no kind of thought in it. You know, well, it's, it's, like, it's unfiltered, isn't it? And that's what social media is allowed. It's basically allowed... The thoughts that we would normally have in our head, but actually when we're face to face, we filter them out. Yeah. But because we're on social media, we don't because we're not face to face. We can't see the consequences of our unfiltered filth that comes out of our mouths. Because mm. yeah. some of it is horrible. You know, people are, are they turn into monsters. Well, it's it's, it's an anonymous anonymous thing, yeah. and it's like and it. And it's something that has started to reflect, in my view, reflect itself in society over the past two years when people have been wearing masks. Yeah. You know, I, you know, people that generally wouldn't feel that they had much power yeah. were behind an, an oh. anonymous masks. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. they would get on people's cases. Um, but I think it is a case of where do we find that compassion with people? I mean, one of the things I often think about all this polarisation, and I always think, what's the compassionate response? Yeah. That's a key thing. Yeah. How can I be compassionate even though I might feel, feel really pissed off with this person's yeah, opinion? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not being empathy is not something I do a lot of these days because that can burn you out. It it can be absolutely exhausting. If you're over, if you're yeah. over empathizing all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I think have a bit of compassion even though I think you might be being a bit of an idiot. And it's like and then you just have to think beyond that. Yeah. And you know, people are looking at devices that are constantly telling them to be scared. Yeah. And a brilliant line that Tara Brach, meditation teacher, said in one of her lectures a few months ago, she may have quoted it from someone else, I can't remember, but she said, the frightened mind cannot love. Yeah. And you could expand that out. The frightened mind cannot think. Yeah. And the frightened mind cannot create. The frightened mind cannot connect because they want to put the, yeah. the fence put up. Walls up. Yeah, You know, it's like, so... If people are scared, we have to remember that there's going to be a wall up one way or the other. Yeah. And I think that, that can be a, a compassionate viewpoint, in my view, yeah. to kind of approach it. And it, even if it doesn't work for me to be able to connect with someone else, it allows me to feel better about me. Yeah. And it's like, I'm the one walking away with my heart. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so, you know, it's not about, um, it's not, the world's not about everybody all the time. 
No, even though the not. internet and the social media yeah. might make you want to think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's a tricky world we're living in at the moment, but it, it I, is, I yeah. think there's a lot of things that people are doing, and I, I think well, I've there is a lot of positivity, isn't there? You've just got to find it because it's not being marketed in the same way. Well, you have to seek it out. It's it's hidden. It, yeah. You really have to seek it out, and you have to seek it. I mean, I mean, one of the things I was gonna. This is a really good segue. So well, complete fucking write the podcast direction. <laughs> Great. So it's um. I mean, we went to uh, your friend's place yesterday yeah. for a... It was their anniversary, yeah. wasn't it? With yeah. lo- loads of kids yeah. running about playing. Thousands of them, it felt like. Yeah, uh, I got attacked by loads of hay, <laughs> which was great <laughs> fun. I've not done that in ages. Um, really lovely people. Yeah, really Super lovely. people. And, you know, you know, clearly each of them had, be, had grown in their own right, you know, yeah. with their businesses, their jobs and all that kind of stuff. Really great stuff. But it's something I've noticed that you do a lot more here in the countryside, mm. which is you've got you're quite you've got quite a lot of community groups that you get involved in, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, so do you want to elaborate on that? And you know, what kind of groups do you? Because I know you set up coffee shops and you know pop up shops and that well, kind of stuff, I mean, and you I... do baking and all sorts of stuff, don't you? So do you want to elaborate? For a little while, we had. Um, it's really sad because it has all shut down now. The whole organisation. But we had like a little um, farmer's market over in a, um, a, another local village. And we would do that every week. So what you would do is you would order the food that you wanted online. So there's no wastage. The idea of this was there's no wastage. So mm. the people who are bringing the stuff to the farmer's market, they know how much they need. They know who's coming. So you order it all online. You go and fetch it. And I ran a, pon- a pop-up cafe at, um, at this um farmer's market for about three years and it was a a little community-based thing so you know some of the people that I met there I would never normally have met and I met an old lady lovely old lady she's sadly passed since but she gave me a load of her baking books oh wow because she she knew I was passionate about baking and she would come um, and she would chat with me um, some some evenings while I was doing the the cafe, and and I'd always give her a free piece of cake, and yeah, it would you know little things like that that touch your heart because she didn't get out very much, and this this thing popped up in her village, and so she 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 could go, she could go and socialise with people, she could spend time with people, and there were lots of people who came to the farmers market like that. And, yeah, sadly, the whole thing has folded now. Oh, that's um, a shame. Yeah, it is. But there's, there's groups that we, st- we kind of set up. They, they kind of come and go. And there's one locally here that we were trying to set up for a while to do with sustainability, trying to set up a group of people um, in the local villages to look at um, what a sustainable future might look like mm. for the local village now that's still try we're still trying with that really it's not gone anywhere yet but hopefully it will you know as as things progress and uh, this is a slightly negative turn but as things progress as they are you know climate change is happening it's not something we can ignore it is no. happening and as as that becomes more of a reality to people because i think people are still hiding their heads in the sand about that they're trying to pretend it's not happening 
and as that becomes more real those those groups will start to take off a little more but there are there are people around who are like there's a lady up the road that we sometimes go for cycle rides and we chat about it and talk about what we might do in the future how to create a, a group of local people yeah so i mean the conversations are happening yeah and those conversations about care of the environment real care for the environment because yeah. i mean one of my views is you know the banging on about electric cars a lot and all that kind of stuff and um which i think there is scope for that yeah. but i think they said that about diesel engines yeah you know yeah. and it's like and i think sometimes it's very easy to turn um an environmental direction into again another consumerist thing yeah it, it is it, it's a new toy isn't it it's like ooh, i don't have one of those yeah i want a tesla you know so but those kind of things and, and that's one thing I think for me, from an environmental point of view, it's like, and from a minimalist point of view, yeah. just stop consuming so much crap yeah. for a start, and that's yeah. it, you know, and... Just stop buying so much stuff, because yeah. the more stuff you buy, the more stuff you throw away. You know, and it's, uh, but all, all that kind of comes from, the consumerism comes from that kind of uh, dopaminergic hit that people get yeah. from buying, yeah. um, rather than the oxytocin hit that we get from having conversations with somebody on a bike ride. Yeah. Or, or a, a, a little old lady that pops into your pop-up yeah. cafe, you know, and those kind of things are what make our day important. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it, because the day that we live in is the day that we're in. Yeah. You know, and it's when we understand that day that we can potentially kind of look at how we can deal, deal with things in the future. Yeah. But unless we understand ourselves now. Yeah, we've got to live in the moment. Yeah, you? and live with connection. And it, it does feel... You know, and for me, it does feel like there has to be a bit more of a, a push into people yeah. to get them to physically see each other and connect. Yeah. Even, I mean, and as I said, the system, especially in the city, I've, I've noticed, is where communities will rock up, sat around a table, yeah. and they'll get their phone out. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you might have noticed that um, yesterday when we were at that party, the only time a phone came out, I think it was mine, and it was to take photos so that yeah. so that the, the people whose party it was, so that they would have a few memories of that. But mm. other than that, no phones came out. I think I took mine out of my pocket when I was when I decided to play football with some children. Right, there we are. Yeah. You know, that's, but that's pretty much it, isn't yeah. it? Nobody was sat around staring at their phones. Nobody was downloading an app no. so that they could have a chat with their neighbour. No. no. You know. So, so I think it is that really take putting the phone down what, and, and engaging with your communities mm. so i mean me and um um one of the ladies at the um at the party yesterday she she happened to be one of my midwives when i was um pregnant all right and it was her that put me in contact with the lady whose party it was so what what happened was she she'd recently moved over here and didn't know anyone and another friend that we have in common knows, obviously knew the midwife. When you have children, you meet midwives. And so we all met, uh, we created a baby group, and because um, we'd all had babies around a similar time, and we are now a very tight-knit mm. family little community. You know, we, yeah. we get together, those, those mums still now, this is seven years on, we still get together once a month yeah. and meet up. Yeah, and like events like that come out of yeah. yesterday, come out of it, and it was such a joy to see those kids just bouncing, yeah. bouncing around and having fun with each other. And I think that's 
and seeing that in the rural communities because it's quite odd in the city you know I, you know you can you see children out and about yeah but it didn't seem there seems uh, this is just my view yeah there seemed to be more joy oh, than what the kids were doing well yesterday that, and you don't often see so the youngest that was there was two mm. and the eldest was a teenager yeah you know and they're all playing together yeah just getting on because they just I, I think maybe it's because you have a captive audience as well as kids you know it's like yeah. once you well we're all here let's all just jump on the trampoline and, and like attack that adult yeah. <laughs> with hay yeah. you know and that kind of stuff and yeah I, th I think the joy of watching and seeing how youth just grows their connection so instantly the exuberance yeah and I think that's really important to keep an eye on that all the time because I think as we grow, especially as we grow older and especially with somebody like me who lives in the city, it's easier for us to go, well, I'll just disconnect a bit more, I'll just yeah. disconnect a bit more and the playfulness starts to disappear. Yeah, you know, that's and that's how depression sets in, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, you, you just think, well, I'll just stay over here for a bit. Yeah. But really, I mean, as we've identified, it's like finding those community groups yeah. and setting the table down i mean i think one of the reasons i've set up this pod podcast is um and this is a real admission it's it's to allow me to actually just reach out and say i want to have a conversation with yeah. you and i want to record that conversation because i think conversations where people can learn from each other are important yeah. and to promote a good conversation yeah. is a good thing yeah there's, uh, there's too much sound bites on the internet yeah you know <laughs> well, you know the idea of having conversations is, it, it seems to be disappearing. Mm. But like, like you say, when you go into a pub, most people, you sit right around a table and sometimes you'll see people texting each other around that table. Oh, I've seen it. I remember one time years ago, uh, when maybe when smartphones were first getting uh, popular, I was in a pub once and like a stag do came in and they're all like, you know, lads, lads, lads. And one of the guys says, well, let's go get a seat. I'll get patient, get patient. Yeah. And it was like, well, <laughs> clearly they'd had a few. But um, <laughs> the guy, one guy went to the bar to get the round in. Yeah. The rest of them sat down. And it was like, as soon as they sat down, silence. Every single one of them got their phone yeah. out. And he was taking pictures of the pub or each other. Yeah, rather than actually experiencing it for themselves. <laughs> that later on they can go, this is what we did. And show you the photos. And you're like, well... Yeah. I mean, what memories do you have of that? Do you actually mm. remember any of it? Yeah, and it's, I mean, let's not to be too... Um, Judgmental? Let's not cast aspersions on people wanting to tip, make a record of a good yeah. event. I mean, I did that yesterday. Exactly, that yesterday. we do that anyway, but yeah. you will see it often as not. And I think with mobile phones being, you know, people being constantly encouraged to look at them now, yeah. especially in public places. Well, I mean, the pinging and the dinging, that's, that's what it's for, isn't it? It's to make you go, ooh, ooh what, and stare it? at the phone. Yeah, and, it, and I think, I mean, Simon Sinek, he's the leadership expert. Oh, you read a lot of him, and he talks a lot about... Uh, one, one of the tips that he said, which I thought was really cool for couples, is if you go out, only take one phone. Yeah. You know, just agree to take one phone. And another game that he plays with his friends when they go to a restaurant together, um, they all put their phones in a pile in the middle of the table. The first one to pick up their phone pays for the meal. Oh, nice. I'd be eating <laughs> for free forever, wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a good game to play. You know, it's um, yeah. because we're there. And yeah. it is that thing of 
um, when there's a mobile phone present in the vicinity, yeah. you know, it's if I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you now, yeah. and we're recording this on my mobile phone, yeah. and you've looked at my mobile phone five times I have, now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's like, it's, it's, have you ever been in a room with a baby? You can't help but look at it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it they, they just yeah. command attention, and I, I, I feel like phones are a bit like that. They're just like, ooh, it's a screen. It's a screen. It's and the black even, mirror. And, and that's one of the things I dislike about them, is that if I'm in a room with them, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yes, it's still there, there, yeah. I don't, and I don't like it, mm. but... It still affects me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, let's not com- be completely dismissive of them. No, though. they're very useful. They can be very useful when yeah. used with um, skill. Yeah, you need, to, you need to be skillful. Skillful and not let them take over. No. So, yeah. if you know, if you do break down in the middle of nowhere and you need to call someone, it's good to have a mobile phone. Mm-hmm. More possibly not my mobile phone, since you can't make phone calls on my mobile phone. Well, it's not really a phone then, is it? <laughs> It's just a thing. Well, it's not very helpful. It's, no. like, so it's a camera. It's a camera. It's a camera. We can send a text message. Yeah, can send a text message. <laughs> uh, that's about it, really. But, uh, you know, with with internet technology now, I think it can be moved. I mean, especially, I think if you looked at um, Centre for Humane Technology's website yeah. with Christian Harris, it really demonstrates that there's people out there thinking about how technology can be used in a more wholesome and centered way to help people actually connect yeah. yeah rather than just somewhere to hide which yeah. i think w- what's happening through technology because it's so intimidating because it's yeah. moving so quickly people just oh, i'll just hide in here yeah. and this is what everybody else does anyway so it's something to speak about yeah um but really i think using it as a as a way to set up a whatsapp group <coughs> so you can go and meet each other to yeah. utilize things like Microsoft Teams so you can stop using email and texting people yeah. and have small video calls with people. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things that we did in that, like during the pandemic. Uh, one of the ideas that myself and a colleague came up with was to actually say, well, we're not seeing each other all the time. Yeah. So let's just put an hour in a diary for each member of staff. Yeah. And we set up a video call with them. Yeah. And we just talk to them about anything. Have some face-to-face chat. Yeah, yeah, just to kind of remind ourselves that we've got colleagues. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. And that's come in really useful for us. That yeah. really helped us kind of get through a bit of a bump of the old um, lockdowns and yeah. restrictions. And stuff. <clears throat> now, I think the, the video calling made a huge difference during the lockdowns. Because mm. I found that for myself that... Um, it was people that I wouldn't normally see anyway, so they're you know they're a long way away. Mm. So up in say up in Scotland or uh, Preston or you know it's not they're not close by, but we we actually spoke more over the lockdown over video calling than we would have done previously, mm. even though we could have done if we'd wanted to. Yes, yeah, yeah. But we became closer over that time Mm -hmm. because of the technology and if the technology hadn't been there yeah then that that wouldn't have been able to happen and you know we were a support network for each other you know Mm. you know you're checking in with people you're making people making sure people are okay yeah um so yeah you've you've got to got to not be too derisive about it no but i think it is a case of (laughs) the old uh, adage I remember back in the day. Yeah. I remember back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I could just go around somebody's house and knock Look on the door, the door yeah. knock on the door and have a cup of tea, see yeah. if they're in. Yeah. Um, but now it's a case of I have to send somebody a text message yeah. to make sure it's okay to call them. Yeah. 
and then we can arrange a date in a week's time that yeah. I can go. I, I can visit them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's happened to the world sometimes? And it's like maybe it's just an old hat way of looking at it. You know, it's. Uh, Do you know? I did. I I was thinking the other day how how did I live prior to a mobile phone? Because I didn't get one until I was nineteen. You know, so how. Did, do I remember how I used to socialise? But you did, you just used to go round to someone's house and if they were in and they were available, you'd hang out. Yeah. And if they weren't, you'd leave. Mm. And you'd go round one day and you'd say, oh, how about the weekend? We'd go down the pub or something. Yeah. And, you know, you'd go to the pub on time yeah. and, and they'd rock up on, on time. On time, because th <laughs> there isn't this ability to go, oh, I'm going to be half an hour late and let you know. <laughs> so you actually made an effort to turn up on time yeah because you'd made the arrangement yeah it's uh it's, it's it's an odd world we live in when it comes to what mobile technology has done to us but yeah but like like we say there's pros and cons isn't there yeah and i think it is a case of having those moments where you say i'm switching my mobile phone off yeah um or i'm installing some software to stop me using it so much which is what i've got on my phone i yeah. use a, a thing called lock me out yeah which is really good um, I'll put that in the show notes actually, that'll be useful, minimalist tool for people to maybe have a go at. Um, <laughs> but it just helps you, you know, it, by putting things down and thinking, right, I'm going to put my phone down and I'm going to go out for a walk yeah. without it. I'm yeah. going to have nothing digital on me and I'm just going to go out for a walk. Yeah. And I'm not even going to put headphones in. Yeah. I'm going to listen to the world. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's listening to the, the wind and the silver birches. I mean, what could be better than that? Yeah, and it's, it's certainly one of the best podcast guests that we have had so far. <laughs> I mean, silver birch, who, who, who could be better than that for a yeah. guest? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, uh, we're going to find a way forward, I think, and it is a case of just letting... moving away from constant digital access. Yeah. yeah and coming back to these views that we're looking at here, going full circle, looking at this beautiful valley. Uh, why, why valley, isn't it? Why valley, yeah. Yeah, and it's just looking at this now, having a conversation with a long-standing friend. How long has it been now, Faye? We've been friends for 22 years. 22, is it 1999. Wow. Yeah, we met in 1999. Yeah, you're my longest-standing friend. Yeah. Longest-standing friend. You know the bones <laughs> of me. I do. God help you. <laughs> <laughs> Watts and all. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, there is that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, well, thanks ever so much for this conversation today. Thank you. You know, it's, uh, we'll get it out onto um, all the podcast platforms and maybe other people will listen to us and learn <laughs> something. Or they'll just go, oh, they banged on a bit, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, but we had fun. Yeah, we had so. fun. And we're sat in a sunny field. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to be looking at my phone for the, the next three hours until no. I get back in my car and go back to the city. No. Um, so. You might find Monty on the way back. Yeah, I might find the cat on the way back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, cool. Well, thanks for that, Faye. Yeah. And we'll Thank talk you. again very soon. Indeed. Cheers. Thanks for joining us in the Observed podcast. You can subscribe by going to observed.substack.com 
Hope you can join us next time.